You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers Welcome podcast. Welcome in part to of the Locked On, Locked on your Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, the host of this wonderful show, and joining me on the other line because, of course, the new week. We have more day off, but it's a new week. But Tony East from Forbes.com, the West, Indi- West Side of Indianapolis News. Tony, how are you doing? I'm good, Adam. I literally cannot believe it is June. And we were talking about the Indiana Pacers in June. I mean, I, I know it's like actually June, but just the way the season calendar went where like, you know, the season ended and the playoffs are early in the first round. Like it feels like it should be mid-April. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're, we're, it's June. And the first round, only one series is over. It's been a really good playoffs. It's been fun to watch. But as we cover more of the NBA, I think uh, it was a good time for Lockdown Pacers to do one of my favorite shows, the awards show, where we break down the awards for all the NBA and make them Pacer centric. So MVP of the Pacers, defensive player of the year for the Pacers, as well as discuss them for the league. And usually we get to do this right after the season ends and before the playoffs and like that five day gap the season has, but this year we had to cover playing games that time. So we are doing it after they already announced two of the awards. We'll break those two down as well, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird time that it's already June and it's weird that we're behind on the awards, but better late than never. Right. Yeah. And so, what we're going to do is do a top three for each award. We'll probably even do the ones that have been announced just to say who we would have picked. Uh, but quick, you might notice that my audio is a little bit not uh, what's called perfect. That is because I'm recording on a different method. So just bear with us. Hopefully this audio should be pretty solid and good to good enough for a podcast. But we're back to normal audio. On our, we're doing another show tomorrow. So be back there tomorrow. But stick with us for this one, even though the audio might not be 100% perfect. Mr. Forgets uh, his mic when he travels. What award uh, are we starting with, Adam? Oh, uh, man. Damn it. I hope you wouldn't call me out. <laughs> let's, let's, let's start on the back end. When you want to do some of the – let's we'll, there's two ones that we'll be sort of – we can fly through, so we'll do one of those now, one of the next segment. But let's start with Rookie of the Year. Uh, okay. And do you want to do Pacers or League first? Well, we decided before Adam and I did that. For the Pacers, we're going to do someone who's a rookie to the Pacers and not just a rookie in general because, obviously, if it was just actual rookie of the year, Cassius Stanley, runaway Pacers winner because he was their only rookie this year. But if you do rookie of the Pacers, your list then becomes Amita Brima, O'Shea Brissett, Cassius Stanley, Keelan Martin, and Karis LeVert, I believe. Uh, we're all yes. first-year guys on the Pacers this year, which is five guys. And I think it's pretty clear among those guys that three stand out more, although you could quibble on the third and fourth guy. But – um, who is who would be of those guys your top three and number one for Pacers rookie of the year? So I think if we're going with three, you kind of have to go with I guess you go with Keelan Martin, right? He hit the third best of the new Pacers. I think the third best season of them. I agree. Keelan was my third as well. Sorry, Cassius. If Keelan didn't have an amazing May, you would have earned this spot. But Keelan closed the season so phenomenally. I put him third. I think that's pretty obvious. But the other two are debatable because well, I think one is like obviously the better player, but it's kind of weird the way I'm doing this. Like if the number 30 pick is like pretty good and the number one pick is pretty good, like the number one pick was worse compared to expectations, if that makes sense. So like a lot of times in rookie of the year, that player will still win, but it's different. We're like, obviously Karis LeVert is better than O'Shea Brissett, like substantially. So, but comparing them to expectations, I think is a little more interesting for this discussion. That said for the Pacers rookie of the year. Yeah. Those are my top two Karis LeVert and O'Shea Brissett. So which one's number two for you? O'Shea. I mean, O'Shea was amazing for April and May. And I think his def- his impact being on both ends of the floor made him a very quality starter, right? He's in their youth pipeline. Like, he was close to being an actual rookie. He was 19 games short of being a literal actual rookie. So maybe for the spirit of the award, he should win. But, like, Karras was amazing. For, like, late April into early May, he was so good. He was, like, their entire offense. Brogdon was out, and he was carrying them 
night in and night out and doing a very good job of it. So, yeah, it's Karis LeVert. Uh, I think it might be O'Shea Brissett. He was phenomenal. But I, I mean, 48 from the field, 43, 42.3 from three on 3.7 attempts. I mean, Karis had a good, certainly was caught up to speed by the end of the season, it felt like. But I think O'Shea might have actually had a better a bigger impact on at least the turning the team. I mean, it, they kind of overlap, both kind of finally got in their groove at the same time. And that kind of helped propel the pace of that, like in an early April range to at least being a playing team and not just outside of the playing tournament so that, you know, they go together. But I think O'Shea was played a huge part in the team. Like at least feeling like it had some rejuvenation towards the end of the season. I think his defense is really good. Like he was already one of the best closeout guys on the team. If you go back to last Friday, Tom Hankins, former Ned and coach talked about how good his defense was for him down in the bubble, which was cool. So I definitely agree that O'Shea had a big impact and the shooting splits are a big factor, right? We kept talking about like, oh, eventually this will crash. Like he can't shoot good from three forever, but he did. <laughs> he, he kept shooting well from three. That was a big reason he was able to stay in that starting five and play huge minutes is because he was an offensive threat in a way that wasn't foreseeable. But I just think Karis, like, like creating shots for yourself and others is the hardest role. Like it's the hardest role for any player. So being good at that is harder than being good at being a spot up shooter and a cutter. So while O'Shea's defense was better, Karras had to do the hardest job, and he still did a very good job of it and kept the Pacers' offense mediocrely afloat when, like, literally every other good offensive player was out at the same time. So not only was he very good, he saved them at times when they needed it. So Karras Levert wins for me. Yeah, I think you, could, you can't go wrong either way. I mean, Prime only played five games. Sorry, man. <laughs> You're not in consideration here, although congrats on making the NBA. I guess he was a rookie this year. So by the true spirit of the Rookie of the Year award, he would have finished second behind Cassius. And Cassius had some nice moments, was in the rotation at the end of the season. But again, Keeneland was just better for open season. So Yeah, I mean, Keeneland had a nice, what, last two weeks of the season, give or take. Phenomenal last two weeks of the season. Yeah. Like, like, actually, it was a rotation quality, surprisingly so. So great for him. But, yeah, it's Karras or O'Shea for me. So uh, just of those, those non-Karras guys, non-Oshea guys, those, like, bottom three, how many of them are back in the team next year, you think? Maybe just Cassius, I would say. Yeah, I think maybe maybe Martin, if they can't find a better guy out there. Would you say over under 0.5 of them are back next year? Over. I think Cash is back. I don't know. Okay. I, get I guess how many second-round picks did have this year? Uh, two. Uh, that, However, that... given their roster spot crunch, I doubt both of them will make the team. If that well, so that's why you could see Cash being cut. That's true. So yeah. yeah, it'll be tight. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. I mean, it will be interesting to see how, how that plays out. So for, for the league um, – we have not gotten the rookie of the year announced yet, right? That's one of the not one of Correct. the two. That's not unannounced. So, do you want to give me who your three would be? Are the three who are the three finalists? I mean, give me what the, the NBA said. It's their their top three, and this is via voting, right? So the the NBA announced top three is yeah. is what the voters determined to be the top three, which is Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton. Honestly, the only other guy that I would even like think about into top three. Of rookie of the year is quickly from the Knicks. Uh, you've been we've been watching him in the playoffs. He's been doing okay for as a rookie and doing okay in the playoffs is pretty tough to do. He's a good player, but I think that my top three would have been the same as the voters' top three. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty big gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, those three guys are. You just feel like we're on another level to anybody else in their draft class last year, yeah. um, and a yeah, lot of it has to do with health. Yeah, honestly, with the Lamelo in his case. It's pretty interesting because, yeah, hell, if, if Lamelo doesn't miss whatever, was that six weeks from March to near the end of the season? He, yeah, he ended up missing 21 games this year. 
Yeah, runaway winner. I don't know how many games he played. No, it's how many he did. That's, that's oh, that's fact. that's an actual number. Okay. It's an actual fact. So Tyrese Halliburton, I think, could have caught him, but then he ended up missing a bunch of time at the end of the year. He only ended up playing 58 games, right? So he was really good at the start of the year as well. Only ended up playing seven more games on the mellow, though. The devil does not sell, separate them. And let's just – let me get this out of the way. Like, per minute, like, regardless of number of games played, it's LaMelo by a mile. He was the best rookie to me. He had an actual impact on winning as a rookie, was phenomenal, can do basically everything except for play defense so far. Ant was terrible at the beginning of the season and then became really good for the Timberwolves. He, like, the Pacers saw him. He was a uh, rimmed out three away from hitting a buzzer beater to beat them in the middle of the season. So his percentages look kind of down, like, if you just looked at that. You'd be like, I don't know, but he played in all 72 games and he got a lot better in the second half of the season. So his growth over the full year was phenomenal. He's going to be a good player, but I think that over the total of the whole season, I would have ball one, Edwards two, and Halliburton three. Yeah. So Edwards played all 72 games, which is a big plus. I mean, he played health as a, is is a, a factor. If you take his last post all-star break stats, looking at 20, roughly 24 points, five and uh, five, 5.3 rebounds and 3.4 assists. So, I mean, and the splits are good. Yeah, on 45 and a half, 34.9, 76.2 shooting. So, respectable. I'm at, you know, I'm not sure that's like great, but it's respectable and it it shows signs that like give it a year or two and he could be, you know, a 38 point, three point shooter and scoring easily 20 plus points a game. Um, He's consistency away from being good now. Yeah. And it definitely showed that was the guy to take number one. I mean, I I guess Lomelo would be the case. But like you could definitely see like picking him one, it was like it is in the same class as Lamel. Let's put that. Mel was better this year, but you could tell me three years he's a better player than Mel, and I wouldn't be surprised. Just Making because the third best player number one isn't going to look awful if Ant ends up good, unless Lamel is like amazing. So yeah, well, he's probably this. You think he's third in the in the rookie of the year vote, vote this year? No, I bet Ant gets second. I bet he finishes. Yeah, the I mean, I don't you, think he should. I, I picked Ant a bit ahead of Hallie just now. I don't know. I guess I think he should finish second, but I would understand both. Both. There. So, like, and you can make a case. I wouldn't be surprised by year three if Lamelo and Ant are on like consider the same like level of player. That's fair. I mean, I, mean, I, I think Ant's biggest going guess was just that he wasn't like he just didn't have his efficiency figured out his first half of the season. But once yeah. he kind of got you know figured that out and figured out his role offensively, it was clearly like this guy's got some some like real potential there offensively. I'm not even sure Lamelo has that ability to be the kind of score that Ant can be. Um, but yeah, was, a lot of other I think Lamelo is going to be the better of those two, but I agree with you on the scoring part. Yeah, and Ant's Let's got move a, on to another one. Yeah, well, Ant's got a better defensive uh, potential, anyways, too. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do. You want to do one of the ones that already been done? I think that'd be a good one to do. Yeah. Let's, let's, do, it out. yeah. let's do let's let's do six man real fast. Well, let's do, let's do the NBA one real fast because it's already been announced. So obviously, Jordan Clarkson won the award. Uh, he had been the primitive favorite pretty much oh. all season long, and then maybe at the end, uh, his fellow Utah Jazz who. Joey Lewis might have had a chance to catch him. Derek Rose might end up being one of the Knicks can get back in the series. He would be the sixth major like of the season because of his playoff run. But regular season wise, it was Clarkson and maybe Joey Lewis in the last minute. Clarkson finished with 65 first place votes. Ingles finished with 34. So it was basically about two thirds and one third. Derek Rose got the other first place vote, which I don't really understand that, but whatever. Uh, Derek Rose was good, but yeah, those two are the top two. And first of all, Thank you, NBA, for allowing me to do my rant once again, where there cannot be two sixth men of the year on the same team because was it, the was it was and, Montreal and Lou last year of the issue was. Yeah. Every, two years yeah. in a row. Montreal and Lou top two. I hated it. I really hated it. 
if it was just called best bench player or something, great. They both were awesome bench players. They deserve to be top two in that award, but it's not the award. Anyway, I think Ingles was better. He would have gotten my vote. He was amazing for so much of the season. Uh, and he became a lead guard for them when, you know, Conley was down and, and Donovan Mitchell was down. He was really huge for them. And Clarkson started off shooting amazing. And sometimes those early season spurts and perception can really carry you. Not that Clarkson wasn't awesome. He had a great season. He'd have been second for me, but those would have been my top two. My third would not have been who finished third, which is Derek Rose. My third would have actually been Jalen Brunson for the Mavs, mostly because I love Jalen Brunson, but also because he was really good for the Mavs this season off the bench. You know, he's a reason that they're, they weren't terrible when Luca was off the floor. Jalen Brunson can run an offense and create brothers and score, and he's a good player. I would have picked him third myself, but I, I Rose was fine. He, he's good. We already saw that he's so good that the Knicks decided to start him in the playoffs, although it didn't really work, but, you know, I get that decision from them, so I think my top three would have been uh, Ingles, Clarkson, Brunson. Yeah, I think the thing about Rose is clearly in the playoffs, he's had a he's been, I guess, one of the better six men of the playoffs so far. So you could have made a case that, you know, if you add that in, that like, you know, how like the, there's always a LeBron case of like, well, LeBron's MVP in the championship every year, but he's not really yeah. the regular season MVP. Um, you know, I think you go down the list and look at just like who got votes. Brunson's not a bad choice. I mean, you could have had, you could have Brunson in Tim Hardaway again, ruining your, <laughs> your six man thing again. Um, I think LaMelo was pretty, or not LaMelo, well, Carmelo was pretty good out on Portland this year as, as a six man ish, but he's all right. Um, Really, at the top, I think Clarkson. To me, the reason Clarkson would get over Ingles is just because of the pure scoring. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, Ingles ended up starting thirty games, so that's technically like borderline six man, right? It's almost half the games he played. He, he played six, six away, yeah. Right? He well, he played sixty-seven games, so like it was about three of them, half his games as a starter, yeah. anyways. Right. And and to be honest, the six man whole goal is just to like boost that that second unit basically and Ingles was more of a first unit booster than second unit booster if that makes sense and he was the guy who was really kind of pushing I think the uh, the Jazz to that kind of next level that's what you need to be kind of one of the top teams is to have that like amazing bench that can just carry you in nights and Carson for a lot of the season was just night and night out just carrying that bench I think in a lineup I think to like sum it up how I would think what you're saying is like in a lineup with five bench players Clarkson would be better, but in a lineup that features like your sixth exactly. man with four other starters, Joe Ingles is better. I well, it's that. the old Andre Godala thing where like he would, he was a, I'm doing quotes, a bench player, but really he right, was a right. starter who just right. came off the bench because he ended up playing enough minutes and playing so much with the starters, right? And that made, you know, obviously there was a, it worked. That was a reason they won some championships there in Golden State, but yeah, he's not really, to me, he was never really a bench player. So on the Pacers side, TJ McConnell finished 11th in sixth man of the year voting. He actually got a second place vote, which is pretty cool. I actually thought he finished higher than 11th, right? Like the guys right in front of him, Enos Cantor, who, by the way, same team as Carmelo. Guys, figure this out. Who was his sixth <laughs> man? Uh, I think I would have put him above Cantor for sure. Um, and Bobby Portis, it's close. Chris Boucher with Toronto. Chris Boucher was really good this year. So like maybe seventh would have been a little more fitting for him. Whatever. If you're not well, top three, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's really hard too, right? It's hard to get. Like you have to get a top three vote, and as, when you're in a bigger city, it, there's more media yeah. and it's easier to get a top three vote. Like that's so that's why you saw Derrick Rose up there. Let's be real. I can't wait for the voting to be released to see who gave McConnell a second place vote. See how plugged in they are with the probably. Uh, you think it was Jay Michael? I don't know if he had a vote or not, but we'll see. I, I assume he. Well, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I guess we'll, so the, I, the hard I, part with the Pacers is a lot of guys started so much that it's hard for them to qualify for the award. Yeah. The like Justin who, Holiday would be my vote for number two. He doesn't qualify. He started 52 nope, times. Does not. That's their own possibility. O'Shea Brissett can't be it, obviously. Uh, Doug McDermott was very close. If Doug McDermott started four more games, 
you'd be ineligible, right? So it, you almost run out of options. So but just to spill the beans here, because he's on the actual national ballot, McConnell wins for me. Um, he's number one on my ballot as well. He drove their second unit basically every game. He was always with that second group. He was phenomenal with them. He led that unit. He's very important for agent to summer for that reason. My second one is Doug McDermott, again, because he's the next best bench player who fits the criteria for this award. And honestly, those are the only two bench players who played a lot that are eligible because after that, it's kind of complicated, right? Edmund, well, I think three is obvious. Edmund Sumner is your third? Yeah, I mean, that's an obvious Edmund one. Sumner is my third as well, yeah. I mean, I, Sumner I, was really good when he finally got playing time. Great defender, finally shot the three. Yeah, well. I mean, what do you do? Put Aaron Holiday or Jimmy Lamb there? Lamb couldn't, <laughs> <laughs> Lamb couldn't stop him. Lamb couldn't stop anybody. Shot well enough that, like, pretty yeah. spirit of the award earlier, where, like, if it's a full bench unit and he's scoring well, like, yeah, okay. I'd hear it. But he only played 36 games on the whole season. That can't be it. Aaron Holiday was bad this year. Go get in and play enough. Yeah, I think you're right. Those are the only three guys you can even consider, basically, is McDonald, yeah. McDermott, and, and Edmund Sumner. That's my top three in that order. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I guess you made a case McDermott was really more of a starter. We're pretty close. He was four it. games away from that. Sumner was then more Aaron of a bench. would have had to get third here. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, basically I forced into it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I think your order makes sense. I mean, I mean yeah. can you have another order? It's kind of hard for me to think. No, nah, you can maybe have Sumner too, but I don't think he wasn't really that no. good. I mean, Doug McDermott was oh, like he was that good. He was very good. Yeah, no, McDermott was that good to me. Sumner was not. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Sumner was a fine bench player, but McDermott was, you know, McDermott is a guy who can close games at times, and right. you know, he shot fifty-three percent from the field. That's freaking impressive. I mean, that's, that was basically third on the team behind McConnell. It's a bonus. You could count count Brima, who played in five games, but I won't. Yeah, no, I will not do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, what two awards do you want to do next before we take a break? Let's do the big one MVP next as well. Oh, we forgot to do part of this, by the way, before the season started for rookie of the year, Adam guessed James Wiseman and I guessed Obi Toppin. Yikes. Yikes. We did did awful in that. Sixth man of the year. You said Tyler hero. Yikes. I said, I said, Daniel Gallinari. Kind of yikes, but (laughs) less yikes, but still yikes. So we picked guys for those awards. No vote. None of the guys we picked for six men even got votes. <laughs> we'll see for rookie of the year, but yikes. We did not do well in those. Uh, let's do MVP and coach of the year next. All right. So we're going to do that next. But first, do our first break because today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your shortlist of qual- quality candidates. You need a hiring partner to help make life easy. And you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality choice of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for candidates that have the must-have qualifications and schedule and complete the video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with, with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates resumes on Indeed, fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skill tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests that then add your must-have requirements to so only pay the applications that meet them. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. And get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Let's get $75 credit with Indeed.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D. 
Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid to June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And we're also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious protein bar flavors, including a ton of limited time offers. As you know, we've been talking about Built Bar for a long time this podcast. Tony and I both love them. We've had basically tried almost all of them. My favorite one I keep saying over and over again is the peanut butter brownie one, which comes in 18 grams of protein, 180 calories. These bars are great if you're trying to indulge in a snack, main, lose weight, or just need kind of a, a mid-afternoon, you know, something. I love I, I love Built Bar. And right now, you go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, get 15% off your order, promo code LOCKED15 for 15 off at BuiltBar.com. Should we not coach of the year out real fast? I'm, I'm assuming you have a joke for the Pacers. Of course. I wouldn't have made you do a stupid coach of the year segment if I didn't have a joke for the Pacers. Adam, my coach of the year for the Pacers this year is Dan Burke. Congratulations to Dan Burke for proving his value to the Pacers beyond a reasonable doubt by coaching for a different team and showing that their defense is a lot worse without him. Uh, one of their, as Scott Agnes wrote, their biggest offseason move might have been not keeping him as an assistant on the team this season. In actuality, Bjorkren's X's and O's were decent, but not necessarily tailored to the roster he had. He had the communication issues. He will not get any votes for real coach of the year. He had a tough year coaching, and we will cover his offseason in detail a lot. Do you think he would get the 30th sec- 32nd most votes? Like if he had to rank them all? 32nd out of 30? Oh, my God, 30. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I don't think wow. he might get – well, hold on, Lloyd Pierce. Midseason oh, and yeah. uh, Ryan Saunders. Oh, and, uh, Ryan Saunders, yeah. Okay. So it could be 33, actually. It's like, <laughs> have you ever seen those things with like the quarterbacks that like do QBRs and like some start will be ranked like 38, even though they're only 32 football teams? That's funny. Uh, no, I don't think they did like the worst job in the league. No. Um, he definitely is- did in the bottom five jobs in the league. Like, he did better than like Luke Walton, probably. Um, that might be it, actually. Yeah, that might be it, man. Um, so that might be it. Um, just given the off-court stuff, just on-court specifically, yeah, he's bad, but he wasn't in the bottom five. But you add in the off-court part of it and the communication part. Yeah. So league-wise, the top three from voting are Quinn Steiner, Thibodeau, and Monty Williams. That is in no particular order. Nobody has been decided yet. Do you agree with those three? Do you have somebody else you want to throw in there? Uh, what, was, what was your thoughts? Monty Williams won the um, the voting from, like, the other coaches. I think he's a, a good winner. Um the Suns were awesome. They did a great job leading that team to way more success than they deserve. Tibbs is interesting. Tibbs is in like the the McMillan two years ago. What what did McMillan finish in 2017, 18? Do you remember? Third, I think. Yeah, third, I think as well. Where like because they exceeded expectations so much is why he did is why he's lauded so well here. But like the Suns and Jazz were first and second in the record in league, and those that's why those two coaches there. The Knicks are fourth in the East. Like obviously Tibbs did amazing. He led a roster that wasn't as good last year to a much better record this year. He should probably finish really high, but he's in that McMillan mold. So I, I would probably have him below the other two guys there. Snyder did amazing with the jazz. So he's pretty high up uh, there for me as well. I'm trying to think if I have, would, would have anyone else over Tibbs necessary. Maybe Mike, actually Mike Malone from the, from the Denver Nuggets. I think I would put third. Ah, my preseason pick. Your preseason pick. You know, they finished third in the West, um, very high in the actual NBA standings. And he dealt with, like, Jamal Murray injury. Michael Porter Jr. missed a bunch of time. Will Barton missed a bunch of time. Paul Millsap's a million years old and missed some time. Like, obviously, he had the MVP, so that's going to help. But he did a very good job of keeping that roster stable throughout the whole season. And they finished with a good record and third in the West as a response. So 
I think Malone might be my third, though. I have no issue with uh, Tom Thibodeau being third. Yeah, I guess the other question I would have is, do you think McMillan deserves some some kind of, you know, only coached, what, That's, half the season? Does games coached matter in the way that, like, games play does? I don't know, but he coached really well in those, like, he did. 30, he did 40 games. Well, he did. Look, credit to Nate McMillan, guys. He has adapted and learned from his mistakes with the Pacers, and he's adapted to the roster he has with the Hawks, and he's doing a great job there. He's going to win a series. He's probably going to win a series. He's made some of yeah. the Wait, hold on. Don't, don't, don't say that too soon. I know. Well, he's made some of the same mistakes that he did with the Pacers. Like in that game two that they lost, they had the starters out for so long. And the quote, the quote he had about the minutes they played got dunked on to holy hell. And now they're up three one. Like he's done a pretty good job with the Hawks team. So credit to him. Yeah, he could finish top five just because of the turnaround he had for them. But I, I don't, I don't think he'll win just because it wasn't the full season, honestly. Which is yeah. weird to think about. But the other one is like would Taylor Jenkins out of Memphis be a good? I mean, they probably improve enough, right? They just been very good for two years now. Yeah, but it's another thing like Tibbs. I guess it's a little less so the case, but like they exceeded expectations, made the playoffs. They're doing great in the playoffs. They're scrapping like hell with the Jazz right now. They're down three. I mean, so that's another good one. Doc, maybe. I mean, I, you know, just because they have such a third best record in the league. Yeah, always. Well, and the team went from being, I mean, they lost the first round of series last year, right? To the Celtics. Now they're probably going to be East Coward finalists, at least. Yeah. Man, Popovich getting the Spurs to the play. <laughs> Yeah, but Pop can't win anymore. I mean, <laughs> I, I think if you're gonna, I mean, I think you got to pick Quinn Snyder to be the coach of the year. To be honest, just because. Oh wow, that, that's not my pick. I mean, my pick would be him, just because. The Jazz were so good. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been thinking the Jazz would eventually get to this level, but not to this level. We thought they'd be yeah. good, but they were like just most. I mean, except for there was that the little stretch where they where the Suns caught them, and I guess the Suns did catch towards the end, only game out. I didn't really, but like pretty much the Jazz were the best team the whole regular season. I mean, they were they were the one, the top, they had the best record in the league for basically the whole season. Yeah, Quinn Snyder's my number two. Monty's going to win for me. That's um, fair. It's a fair one. Suns were amazing. And, like, obviously they got Chris Paul. I didn't have him last year. but Second yeah. best record in the league, the Suns? Are you kidding? Like, they were not even close to this level last year. The job he's done making this roster awesome and playing amazing and matching the Lakers blow for blow. Even with Davis playing, I understand he got hurt. They won a game when Davis played, guys. Like, they, they did it. So, yeah, they, he's done a phenomenal job with, with the Suns. And I'd have Mike Malone and Tibbs, I guess, tied for a third. I'll cop out there because they've both done awesome jobs for different reasons. Yeah, I mean. A much better job than me. Before the season, you picked Malone and I picked Frank Vogel, which he did fine, I guess. But the, the Lakers did not have the season anyone thought they would have. So Did Vogel win the award? No, he didn't. The no. Pop won 2013-14. I thought Vogue could have won in 2013-14 with the Pacers. That team was yeah. very good. I guess they had a bad close, and that kind of hurt them. Um, so let's do the big one. Let's do the yep. big one. All right. So let's do, let's, do, let's do team one first for the Pacers. Give okay. me your top three MVP in three-to-one order. In three-to-one order? Oh. Yeah, third to second to first. All right. My number three MVP. Or the Indiana Pacers this season. Do you hear that drum roll, Adam? <laughs> my number three for the Pacers MVP this season is Karis LeVert. My number two MVP for the Pacers this season is Malcolm Brogdon. And my number one MVP for the Pacers this season is DeMontis Sabonis. That said, I basically have LeVert and Turner tied for a third. So that is my three on my ballot. All right. So I'm going to pick this guy third because I do think ultimately – being healthy was a was a big deal. I think Justin Holiday deserves to be the third best third MVP on this team. He was very valuable. 
I mean, he played in every game inconsistently. I think Turner definitely could be there, but Turner ended up missing almost half the season when you get down to it and missed 25 games, and that's Harris a lot. half the season, too. You know what? I am retracting. Well, then that's why Miles, I didn't pick Harris. Miles Turner is third for me. I take and that's why I didn't pick Harris. I didn't count Harris because he hadn't been on the team half the year. Yeah. Yeah, the day. Um, that's simply it. So then my number two is different than yours. I'm going to go to Mondo Sabonis. Um, I think the one thing knocking Sabonis down is that his plus minus <laughs> compared to Turner's was worse, and I'm still trying to – I mean, I, I understand how, but, like, it still probably shouldn't be that way. And then when you look at Brogdon, Brogdon had a career year, had more points as a bonus and shot better from three. And considering, you know, everything I thought was, a, was pretty much a better shooter than Sabonis this year, obviously. So better score at least. I, yeah, you know, I still think Brogdon, like game to game, best player on the team. I say that all the time. Yeah. Sabon- Sabonis played more and his stretch in late January, early February was amazing. He but he didn't play that much more. He only played six more games, ultimately. Yeah, 300 more minutes. But, yes, you're right. Oh, you're right. I didn't think the minute factor. you fair. That's fair. Um, and then late April and all of May, Sabonis was incredible. Like, triple doubles almost every game. And leading him and Karras were unstoppable. Right? He looked legitimately great at yeah. the end of the season. And that's what propelled me to pick him as the winner. That said, I do think Brogdon is a slightly better player. Just a small different total value just based on the – games played though i understand picking brogdon first and my theory uh long-standing from listeners of this podcast that having a quality lead ball handler with the ball often is one of the most important things to raising a team's floor and success level rings true with brogdon right when he's out there they're a much better team so yes uh, i think those two are the top two undeniably and things get a little shadier behind them but some of the trouble with like the rankings we've already talked about this with turner or karis third or and justin holiday got it for you because of this is the availability. Everybody missed so much time that, you know, you kind of have to get into these stupid minutes debates, which usually I hate them in the national discussion, but with the Pacers, with so many guys, so many games and so much time here and there and this stretch or that stretch or this, like you have to kind of split the hairs in that way. And that Justin Holiday deserves a ton of credit. Not only did he play every game this year, he played every game last year, right? So he is clearly Iron Man McGee, second most minutes he, on the team. Yeah, so he played 2,100 minutes for the Pacers, which is like an insane credit. 2,100 minutes in a 72-game season, yeah. It, he played 700 more minutes than Miles Turner. Turner's rate impact was so high. Like, yeah, it totally so was. on defense this year. I think he's third for me. I can't believe I put Karras above him. I just – Karras was so special for that stretch in early May that in late April that I – I value him very high, and I rate his future with the Pacers very high. But this season, yeah, Turner was the third most. Turner's important. blocks per game are crazy. This year, 159 blocks in 47 games. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, look, the defensive scheme was awful, and we can't just say, like, Turner was out. That's why they were bad. But he covered up a lot of mistakes in a lot of games. Yeah, it's kind of why I think they should try to keep both centers still. So, <laughs> yeah. The coach, third time. Third time's the charm, right, Tony? Uh, no. No, it is not. We've talked about that before. But anyway – yeah, Sabonis Brogdon, my top two. I, I understand both orders. I have Sabonis one, though I understand having Brogdon one. All right, so give me your your, your league MVPs. League MVP. I love the, the league finalists, by the way, were Curry, Embiid, and Jokic. And guess what? That's my top three as well. Good job, NBA voters. Jokic is my winner. He's been amazing. He's played in almost every game. That's basically why he's going to win for me. Curry was ridiculous. That roster sucked without him. They were terrible. And he made them almost make the playoffs one game away, basically one quarter away. And Embiid was maybe when healthy, the best player, you know, better than Jokic when he played, but he missed a lot of time. He's such a phenomenal defender and offensive player, but I get why he would win. And the Sixers again, like with Curry, were just like kind of middle. They just lost because Embiid got hurt in a playoff game against the Wizards. 
So I think those three are the three, but Jokic is my winner. I'm Embiid struck. was my winner about halfway through the year before he got hurt. So you're you're not you're not a Gobert guy. Gobert third MVP or I do love the Gobert MVP case, but no, I do not have him above any of those three guys. Chris Paul case possibly played 70 games, shot 50, 40. Uh, what was the free throw percentage? Another 90. phenomenal yeah. case. Cannot, cannot dethrone any Wait, of those three for him. Does Chris Paul get the 50 40 90 season because he was 49.9 39.5? Do they round it or no? No, they don't round those. Ah, that's a bummer. <laughs> that sucks. Kyrie's the only 50 40 90 this year. That's a bummer. Uh, no James Harden or Giannis either. Harden missed too much time. Giannis, okay. is all, Giannis is in that top six as well. He's getting named all the six now. I so Kawhi I is another guy. Kawhi would probably be like seven, and LeBron probably like eight. I think Giannis probably should be the third on this list. I mean, I think Giannis might, might be second in the MVP. I mean, Dude, he basically he was the, so good. He was so good. Basically, I mean, I guess he missed how many games he ended up missing? I'm gonna look at it real fast. Not a ton. Only like seven. Twelve. He ended up missing twelve. Twelve. Oh, wow. which, which was more than. Well, they rest like, him at the end of the year. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but ended up playing twelve games. But his stats are basically the same as. You know, it was in between his two MVP seasons previously, right? So his first MVP, he put 27.7 points up. Uh, and last year, 29.5. This year was 28.1. Uh, roughly the same overall shooting in the field. Actually a little better from three. I mean, he's basically the same stats three years in a row. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean, Yolish had an amazing year, so Yolish obviously gets it. Embiid was right there until he basically got hurt. If Embiid said healthy, he probably would have won the MVP because they would have had the higher seed. And that usually, I think when you got a tie, you go to the guy, the guy that had, had the better record. But yeah, those guys are one, two. No problem with either one of them being the MVP. I probably lean towards Jokic, but I do think Giannis probably should be third ever Steph because the team, Giannis can carry his team. It was a better team, no doubt to it, and had better players, but um, carried his team to a top three and they're legitimately shot win the title and carry his team didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I think a team with the second best player of uh, Andrew Wiggins is not going to make the playoffs. No, I mean, I, I, definitely, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of it's roster, and totally, I get it. And, and if Steph played in the East, he would have been the four seed. So yeah. I mean, there's always that. There's always that, and that's totally. I totally yeah, get that, that. That's the top four, right? The two bigs, Steph, Giannis is in the top four. Yeah, and, and then, then you're Chris just calls right there, and Kawhi's right there, and Kawhi. Well, yeah, and then Harden would have been if he didn't, you know, basically not play for twelve. Well, not play for twelve games, and then miss my. More time, LeBron, all but the time. Go Bear as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, God. Rudy Gobert MVP case. No one likes to talk about it, but like his impact on the Jazz is just so big. And we, you know, we haven't even said yet, Adam. Who? Your preseason pick, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Well, he didn't really come on to late, right? In the season, he kind of, he yes, was really correct. bad to start of the year. And that was a big Really quarter. bad as a stretch, but yes. No. Okay. <laughs> You're right. For his standards. <laughs> yes. Bad to Luka standards. Like we <laughs> thought, he, what do you got? He finished here with 27.7 points, but. I think his first like 15 were just like it was fine. They just weren't, you know, anything crazy. Let's see. We'll go we'll finish top 10, rightly so. But it's weird. Like I just I agree with you that he's just outside this group that we've we've been. Well, he shot 28% his first 15 games from three. Yeah. I mean, and then and he finished the year at 35. So that means imagine how much he had to shoot the last, you know, 51 games to kind of cancel out that terrible just to, start. Just to end this discussion sort of pacers y, but like with Clarkson and even Luca here. You, it's kind of wild how much your early season start matters for your narrative of your whole season because Luca had a phenomenal season. Well, he started the, slow and no one really talks about it that way. And Clarkson started amazing and finished pretty weak. And people talk about his season amazingly because he started so well. And to make this Pacers E, I think I told you this before, Adam, but like everybody talks so badly about Jeff Teague's season with the Pacers. And that trade for him was pretty bad. George Hill is better than him. But Jeff Teague started out awful, awful with the Pacers. Like, no no doubt there, his first 10 games were not good. And he played very solidly for the next, like, 70, 60 games, whatever. 
but no one got over that first 10 to 15 where he was just terrible. And he actually finished okay. Like that year, he was actually pretty good starting over point guard. It just it didn't matter. The perception never really came around with him and he didn't deserve to come back. But I think he was better than perception with the Pacers. And the, 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 just those first 10 games, 15 games matter so much for how people talk about the rest of your season. Yeah, I mean, if LeBron's going to hurt, he's the MVP because of the narrative. Yeah, that's 100% true. Right? I mean, he was so good he those first 30 so games. He picked up so much steam, it made no sense. Jokic and Embiid were better than him the whole I mean, time. I mean, it did because he's LeBron and everybody well, loved, you know. yeah. No, I mean, like, from a purely basketball Yes, team. yes, he should have been MVP. But well, what's LeBron. left, sixth man and, and the defensive player? Or most improved in defensive player, excuse me. Yeah. I think the two most actually interesting awards for the Pacers probably and honestly in the league because there's so many guys that can fall on them. So, yeah, we'll do defensive player and most improved player next. But first, this Locked On Pacers podcast is also brought to you by wonderful friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got the baseball season in full swing, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and BetOnline.ag is the place to be to track all the action. Get the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including all those major sports, plus UFC and MMA. For the next pitch, every BetOnline.ag on your laptop, mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses and kinds of information. Don't send the sides anymore. This is your chance to get in the game and the teams prep for their playoff runs. Over to the website, mobile device, sign up today and receive 50% welcome bucks on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. So we already know the league most improved player went to Julius Randle. The three finalists or top three were Randle, Michael Porter Jr., and Jeremy Grant. Um, anybody else in those three that you thought should have been in the top three for most improved player, Tony? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I loved Randle. Obvious pick should have won. Jeremy Grant, obvious number two. That's a great top two. Christian Wood, I thought, would get up here. He missed a ton of time. I understand why MPJ ends up jumping him and getting in here. I thought Christian Wood might make the ballot. He was awesome for the Rockets when he was playing. And, like, even after they traded Harden, remember, they started, they had, like, that 6-0 and or 6-1 and stretch, remember? Like, right after the trade, when they had Vic and, and Wood playing really well for them and Wall were, like, yeah, Christian Wood can be really good and like help this team be good. And then he got hurt and then Vic got hurt and then they sucked and whatever. But yeah, he's a guy that I thought might make it up here. Jalen Brown improved a ton this year. I thought he might make it into here. So I actually might have both Brown and Wood above MPJ. That said, I love Michael Porter Jr. And he did get a lot better this year in a bigger role. So he, he, he merits discussion, but I don't even know if I'd have him top five. I mean, Levine and Zion also improved a ton, but yeah. So like that was my thing was, was Zion. So he like barely played that first year, right? So like, can he improve? Like, is that an improvement yeah, that he played? I get what you're saying. I get right? Like, isn't like to me? Last year was his rookie year in some ways, right? I mean, you look at it, he between the two, he played a combined eighty-five games in two seasons. That's basically a full season, right? Yeah. Yep. So like, last year was kind of his rookie year, but yeah. Yeah, I get that. He was also like he was. Oh, I mean, he was like borderline. Like, if the team had been. Any good, like MVP candidate, he put up like 20- a lot of times. This award goes to a guy who improves in a way that they go from their first time not as an all star to an all star, right? Siakam, Oladipo, but like TJ McCollum, he didn't even play that first season. Like, no, I mean, no, no, that's no. the but problem. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. this in defensive line necessarily, but like Jalen Brown, that's who ha- that happened to him this year, that happened to Julius Randle this year, that happened to Zion this year, right? Those guys went from not all star level to all star level. Jeremy Grant didn't get to the all star barricade, but he showed. The thing about Grant that's so interesting is like for a lot of these guys, 
Like they they were good and then got a lot better at the skills that we kind of already knew they had. With Jeremy Grant, it's just like this guy went from like a defensive specialist who was like a nice offensive player to like, oh my god, like Jeremy Grant can do that or oh my like what it was he so can- bad though it dragged it it muddied up the waters. Yeah, Detroit was bad and he missed eighteen games and they held him out at the end for losing. But I mean he he his case I think is a little stronger than giving credit for. That said, Randall won and I am hundred percent okay with that. Like. Julius Randle took the jump from like kind of good at some stuff to like so good at all the stuff he's good at that he's like drawing extra defenders and creating space for other people. Like he got so good at the skills that you can't just like guard him one on one and like shut down everybody else. Like it, it made the team a lot better along with him a lot better. Deserved all star and deserved winner. I'm very okay with it. He was great. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if Zion's going to win his award next year when he finally able to shoot a three point shot at some like better than 30% rate. All of a sudden, goes to like 27 to 32 points a game. Then it'll be MVP. Here's how easy it'll be Eric Bledsoe will not be on the Pelicans next year. So that team will just be infinitesimally better because he won't touch the ball anymore. And then they'll make the playoffs and they'll be like, oh, Zion, yeah, great. I'll be totally fine with that too because he's going to be ridiculous next year. People don't realize how good he was this year already. Yeah. And I also think Mego Porter Jr. Could, get the, could be most improved next year as well. He could do that third, that yeah. second. To then thirty, like he could go from being nineteen points game last year to twenty four this year. You know who's next year. ballot next year? Uh, maybe is O'Shea Brissett, who could touch my pitchy ballot. But my top three this year, I think, would have to be Randall Grant, and we barely even talked about him in this portion. But Christian Wood, that'd be my top three. Oh, I, I would probably go Randall Porter Grant. I think. Man, I'm not. Did I, I, I say I, Porter? I meant Randall Grant, Christian Wood. Okay. I said Porter, and I didn't mean to do that. Randall Grant, Christian Wood. Christian Wood was so good when he played, but whatever. Okay. All right, Pacer side, let's rock. Okay, so this is a tough one, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's most improved. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. Isn't it? I mean, it's just go McConnell and call it a day. That's not even my winner. Well, that's what it means. So then, <laughs> so like to me, the options are like you could. I think it's easy, and I don't think it's McConnell. Oh, so... I have to back up a little bit here, actually. TJ McConnell finished 19th. He did receive a vote in the NBA. He got a third place vote. And I can't believe we have to even cover that on the show, but good for him for getting that third place. So vote. what I was going to say is some of the people who I have in my mind to listen to this list are McConnell. Yeah. Could he make case of Brian? He went up from what? 16 points per game to 21 points game. That is a leap for sure. Um, Spone is probably about the same. So I'm not sure you give him that. Uh, you can go, I guess you could, Oh shit. Well, it's just not really improved, right? First year. So it definitely doesn't count. I don't know why I said O'Shea. Oh. Well, then I have to change mine. So if you're going most improved, right, you're looking at Brogdon, McConnell, McDermott, basically, right? Uh, my winner was O'Shea. <laughs> I didn't oh, interesting. He was disqualified. He well, I guess from literally not an NBA player cut in training camp from his old team to like, this guy's a lock starter, crucial piece. Maybe crucial is a little bit. So I, I guess like, would he a count? A very important piece for his new team level good. I guess he would. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess that counts. That, that does count. I don't know why he wouldn't. So I get I, he's played 40 NBA games in total. Like Yeah, I, so it's that's, like, yeah. That's the case against having him here. I get that. And that's why I said I think next year we could see him on this is like if he actually plays a full or a lot of games next year and then he's actually like this good or even a little better. Like he's he scored 11 points a game, like a small improvement or like two more touches a game. And it's like, oh, O'Shea Brissett's a 15-point score, which is crazy to think about. But he'll probably get less touches next year when other guys come back. Anyway. I would have picked him. I understand that the game thing uh, might hold you off of picking him. If it doesn't, he's my winner. I actually pulled up tabs for six guys to talk about in this. O'Shea was one. Malcolm, you mentioned, is one. Sabonis was one. McDermott was one. McConnell was one. And my last guy, you didn't say, Edmund Sumner. 
Uh, oh, because yeah, that three ball finally came around, right? We've always talked about how, like, you know, he, he, he was kind of in and out of the rotation for his first three years because of injuries and because, like, yeah, he can defend and he provides a lot of energy, but, like, a lot of guys can do that. He doesn't have the, the skills to stay in the game. And he shot almost 40% from three. It's like, oh, yeah, he can. But he only impro- he, he got better, obviously, but that's just one skill. So my top three, O'Shea included, would be Brissett wins, McDermott second, McConnell third. That said, Brogdon and Sabonis did both get better. So, I think my third. I, so I'm not letting O'Shea be on this list. So my third would be I'd go, I would go um, McConnell, McDermott, Brogdon. That's my okay. three, two, one. Yeah, yeah, I think that would probably so, be if I keep O'Shea off. Here's my the case. Bonus for, is so tough to exclude over Brogdon. But I think he didn't. Like he was so good last year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Like yes. He, how much? How much do you just took? Yeah, I mean, like minutes improvement and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he definitely got better, but like, I don't like. I think he recovered most improved last year was like his chance to win it. So my man, I got to put Miles in here too. Like, we talked about all season. Like Miles was more decisive and confident on offense, and like was moving in from the perimeter more often than the past. And he had the best defensive season of his career, pretty handily too. I can't believe he's not. He probably deserves mention in this as well. Yeah, he every year he gets better at something defensively. Feels yeah, like. Yeah. Um, but no. Man, my, okay. So O'Shea out. My top five is McDermott, McConnell, Brogdon, Sabonis, and Turner. But I, you could quibble on the order for all those guys. I think McDermott's got to be top two. But other than that. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm McDermott too. Um, so my case for Brogdon real fast is just that if the Pacers had gotten Levert right during the trade and had managed to been like a team in the top four or five. He probably would have a case to make the All Star game at 21 points and his shooting splits, and then he or probably he hurt right before February too. Right, that also hurt him, yeah. Um, as well, but then and then they're a top five seed. Let's say he's probably in the country for most improved player because he went from being a 16 point a game scorer to a 20 point game scorer, and some of that was shot volume. Right, he went from 14 shots to 17 and a half, but basically he improved his sh- like what happened between 18, 19, 19, 20 is he got about the same amount of shots. Um, but his shot percentage went down because he was kind of more the focal of the offense. Now he was the focal and his shots went up and he still shot better than last season. Kind of found a nice middle ground between his 50, 40, 90 season and last year. So I think um, if he's like this again, it could be, you know, a 20 point game guy for the next two or three seasons at this level. So, so. he struggled so much in that early February stretch that in my brain, I just thought he was hurt. <laughs> like when, when that stretch of Pacers basketball where they were playing terrible and Sabonis, Passed him as their all. Did he miss games? Did he not miss games in the middle of the back miss injury? Any games until February twenty seventh. When did he have the be- okay? He had a. He was just not good from like late January to early to mid February, basically. Just yeah, I guess I was thinking they didn't he have a back injury at some point against New York. I thought maybe it, maybe he was like dealing with something during the season. But yeah, once he yeah. passed him, and, and they held on to like the four seed for like exactly long enough to get an all star. <laughs> they were like one day away. Oh, that's right. Like yeah, if yeah. their Spurs game didn't get canceled or whatever, they might not have gotten an all star. Anyway, yeah, you you can quibble over a lot of dudes three, four, five. I I can't believe I skipped Turner over two awards here. It's just something about his season just hard to grade because he missed so much time, but. Yeah, he deserves to be there. All right, last well, one. Yeah, you want to skip him in this one. Who's the best no defensive way. player of the year? In the NBA or the Pacers? Pacers, two Pacers, because it's easier. Yeah, the Pacers defensive player of the year is Miles Turner. Done. Yep. He's no doubt. He might finish top five or six in the actual award. Yeah, he probably would have finished top five or six. I mean, he might have finished top no, three he if he didn't get top hurt. Three, yeah. If he didn't get hurt, um, unfortunately. Oh, wait, we uh, got to go back. We got to go back before we get too far into this. We both picked Marvin Bagley for most improved player. Yikes. Moving on. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the yikes one. Um, so yeah, Turner Turner's by far the best, best defensive player. Uh, every the way Sabonis plays offensively, Turner plays defensively every year. It's really sad they aren't one player because they would be the best player in the league <laughs> if they could be one person. But um, close to Joel Embiid, yeah, maybe it would be maybe it might be more Jokic even because no, be they better better defense. Yeah, obviously, but. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyways, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. Turner by a mile, like when he, yeah, he, he hit so many blocks. So I don't know if people know this. This is kind of a hilarious factoid to me. So to qualify for the for the blocks leaderboards, I don't remember the exact number of games. It was either fifty or fifty-two. Doesn't matter. Turner did not actually play the games, so he won the blocks per game title. And I was kind of like, wait, I thought he was ineligible. So the NBA, here's what the NBA did. They said if Turner played five more games and got zero blocks. Like, if he just started the game and immediately checked out, he still would have won the blocks per game title, so they just gave it to him, which I think is outstanding. So he had so many blocks in his games that even if he didn't block at all to reach the game's requirement, he still would have won, so they just gave it to him. I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's deserving for sure. He totally deserved it. He was phenomenal protecting the rim this year, and their defensive scheme was so crazy for a lot of their players that he was bailing out so much he did so good with it he still deterred shots at the rim at a ridiculous rate i don't have the percentage in front of me but guy shot worse with him around i mean he just he bullied their defense for so much of the year and playing second units that had actually better defenders made his defense look even better he just he was so good this year well i'll tell you what espn doesn't have turner up in the top blocks leader but doesn't matter because uh, they, they must put, fi- put out their official winners and they, the they must have put a 50 game filter in there for their on their sets automatically. Yeah, Anyways, um, yeah, he was ridiculous this year. I mean, he was just an amazing protector. Um, so league wise, well, we got to give our top three for the Pacers. Uh, okay, so I would say is McConnell your top three too? McConnell is my number two, yeah. right? And then who's your number three? Three, Justin Holiday. That's, that's a fair. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could make a case for. Sumner gets it. Sumner. Sumner gets a sniff. O'Shea Brissett, I would consider as well. Brogdon, I would consider as well. Right. He had some Brogdon had some snoozer moments. Yeah, he wasn't as good this year as he's been in the he past defensively. Yeah, he was better last year on defense, I think, for sure. But defense they I mean their defense was just bad this year, right? Like it's hard for me to really give outside of McConnell and Justin Holiday, there's a lot of guys that were like good at at times on D. Like Sabonis when he was playing center had some nice moments on D, but when he was at the four, he was totally overmatched in his role, right? So he gets no love from me here. It's not his fault, but whatever. Um, So yeah, it's McConnell and Turner top two with Turner being number one. And then your third can either be probably Sumner or Brissett. Or sorry, Justin Holiday, Turner. Justin Holiday, Sumner, Brissett, third. Holy cow, names are hard. Dealer's choice there. I would pick Justin Holiday. Yeah, that's fair. So league defensive player of the year. Uh, You guys go go bear, I'm assuming. Yeah, the top three from the league were Gobert, Draymond, and Ben Simmons. That passes my smell test perfectly. Yeah, those would be my three. Turner was so the odd sites you can you can check by date here. As of April 14th, via our good friends over at betonline.ag, Turner was third. He had the third best odds behind Gobert and Simmons. And then from April 14th on, he played one game. He played that game <laughs> against the Hawks, and then his season ended. So he got passed by Draymond. That's fine. Draymond was amazing on defense this season it's hard for me to even really consider a ton of other guys here i mean those three were just so good uh yeah go bears my winner by a mile he, he was the best defensive player in basketball Embiid probably deserves some love here as well he's so good around the basket but he also missed a bunch of time 
Uh, Matisse Thibault was really good in his limited minutes. Dylan Brooks was really good in some minutes as well. Drew Holiday always deserves love for defensive player of the yep. year. You see that in the playoffs every single year. Giannis is an amazing defensive player, but I think the top three they have kind of distanced themselves from everybody else in a way that it's kind of hard for me to consider them for defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think Gobert runs away with this award this year. Oh, like he does, and does every year, pretty much. Defender in the world, like, like. This, so there was an article in Five Thirty Eight. I'd encourage some to read it who don't aren't like big Gobert believers like I am. Like, he's having the best defensive season maybe like ever, or like if not ever, like modern era, like that level of best defensive player on the planet. Like he has been absurd. Uh, another guy who we didn't say that deserves love here. Not a fan. Of, Pacers listeners not a fan of this guy, but Jimmy Butler was also amazing on defense this year. Yeah, he always is, but still. Yeah, I think the thing about Gobert is I still worry in the playoffs if he if there's like a, if he's enough exploitable or if you can pull him away from the rim and then it becomes not as effective as he is inside the you know circle. But you yeah. know the only teams that have like yes this is ha- that has happened where he has been pulled away and looked not as good. But the, there's only two teams that have done that, right? The Houston Rockets yep. and the Golden State Warriors. Yep, two best. Just, like, the two best like, guards in the league. Yeah, like a Joe hilarious offense that were so good. So like, yeah, no, I get it. If it happened against like the Grizzlies right now, or it happened, who do they play next round? Clippers and or Mavs. Yeah, if it happens yeah. against the Clippers or Mavs, like maybe you go, oh yikes. But I, I don't think it'll. I don't think there's any team in the West that is that offensive firepower to to do that this year. So Luca might himself, but yeah. Yeah, Luca. If he keeps shooting like this, I mean, geez, but yeah. The defensive player, I mean, there's a lot of great defenders now. Like, if you just sort by defensive box plus minus on basketball reference, which do not do that to choose your way. Turner, Turner's 13, right? There, there's some other, like Royce O'Neal is a really impactful defender for Utah. Kyle Anderson for the Grizz. Iguodala, we didn't even mention Bam. He was a really good defender this year. Nerlens Dewell. Like, there's a lot of really impactful defenders. You kind of got to blend, you know, what their role is, what their skills are to get to the best guy. But, yeah, it's Gobert's a runaway winner. And guess what, Adam? We Love actually pick. picked him to win before the season started. We got wow, so hard. How many has he won? Is he run in a row now if he wins this year? No, Giannis won last year. Oh, Giannis did win last year. Yep. But that will be his third award, I believe. You know, Gobert lost that award because of other stuff he did. <laughs> that is certainly possible. I mean, he lost definitely lost a lot of uh, sympathy or, you know, some of this narrative. And he certainly was not the most popular person after the, uh, let's just call it the Mike incident last year. Yeah, that is uh, certainly possible. But, yeah, uh, he definitely deserves it this year. He's been a better defender than he was in any other season in his career when he's won Defensive Player of the Year before. That doesn't that alone doesn't mean he should win this year, but he should win this year. Yeah, it'll be third time in four years, so good for him. Yeah, good for him. I love doing this show. It, yeah, it's, it's a fun one. Any other, the league enough. any other random awards you want to give out? Any other random awards I want to I don't know. We usually used to think of like some dumb one. Yeah, but we've not gone almost an hour, so we don't really need to we don't really need to keep going this podcast, but if you want to. Um no, I mean, is there any Pacers players' names we didn't say this whole show who who we need to make up an award for? I don't actually think so. I think we didn't well, should we talk about Victor Depot's you know, ten games? His nine games. Nine games, probably the, the, the thanks oh. for not hurting your knee before you got traded award. Yeah, maybe his greatest like last great nine games ever in his career, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to fall. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, we kind of. We didn't mention TJ Warren, but there's not much you can do with the vet, obviously. Yeah. He didn't play the whole year. Uh, I mentioned Lamb for a oh, second. There's one player we did not mention. There's Jalen LeCue. His name. No, no. There's a player who was actually like a meaningful contributor at times this year that we did not mention at all. 
Oh God, who was it? Goga, I'm Goga. To, I'm trying to think. No, we did talk about Goga a uh-huh. tiny amount in Six Man. We haven't even said. You still haven't said it. <laughs> who is it then? Who am I missing? Come on, you can do this. Who am I missing? No, you have to tell me. I can't figure this out. The the scrap and fight like hell award. Does that help you figure it out? No, because <laughs> congratulations to Jakar Sampson. Oh my God! For the You're scrap right. and fight like hell award, and for being an Indy 500 attendee with Justin Holiday. Good for Jakar Sampson. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> we didn't set his name on the show. So. You're right. I, I didn't think about that. I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is fun. Uh, yeah. We do it every year. We'll do it again next year. Hopefully, uh, we can do it before the playoffs next year. On like this. Time. Yeah. So can I announce, are we officially doing uh, a mailbag for tomorrow's episode? Yes, go ahead. Yep. So we are doing a mailbag the next two days. Look for a tweet from Tony on his account at TCNVA or from the Locked On Pacer account. That will come, I assume, some point tomorrow afternoon. It will open for a short period of time, and then it will disappear because we get a lot of questions, and we, we like to answer them all so we don't want to get too many because then we get overwhelmed. But we're going to do that for two days of podcasting. Then Tony will have somebody to be announced for Friday. And we'll be back at it again next week. Um, looking like we're going to do some, some trade value and some uh, kind of like draft stuff just to kind of get started on that because Pacers have, have a top 14 pick and maybe even get higher and we're getting into kind of the draft range. And then we'll do some player reviews probably later this month or next month. But uh, that's all we got for his Locked On Pacers podcast. As always, you can follow Twitter at Locked On Pacers. Me at Freeman of 5, Tony at TCMBA. And we'll see you guys again tomorrow.